y bienvenidos al episodio de esta semana del mejor podcast cómico, mágico, musical, Best Camp of My Life. Un podcast sobre MMA. Bueno, más o menos, pero realmente no. Pero bueno, más o menos. Yo no soy su anfitriona Fernanda Prates, tampoco soy un replica de Blade Runner, eh, no soy un clon de Invasion of the Body Snatchers, eh, no soy un monstruo de película de Chabelo. Aunque cuando mi amor me invita a acompañarle en el podcast, bueno, siempre me dice que usurpo su programa, que me creo el anfitrión, se enoja conmigo. Y bueno, es todo un tema en la casa, babe, pero no estamos aquí para enseñar la ropa sucia en público, ¿verdad? Babe, that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's good enough. I feel oh. like we've... You asked me for an intro. I just did an intro. And I and I appreciate it. Like I I love the energy, but I think that we want our listeners to understand what we're saying. He had monsters, he had an epic, he had poets, replicants, champions, blade runner. It was like a lot more. It was like three pages here. <laughs> you packed a you packed a lot in that intro. Imagine though. the rest. Yeah. No, be, we'll we'll just have to imagine <sighs> imagine the rest. But I I like the energy. Like less coup de tat vibes like less mutiny i want to take over your podcast vibes. i was I literally was saying that i will not take over your podcast that's exactly what a person who wants to take over the podcast would say though maybe <laughs> but thank you i i love that we're making our listeners work for it a little okay. bit because you know and introducing our audiences to a whole new language thank you for that um as you heard I am your host, Fernando Prates, and as you could tell, I'm once again joined by Rodrigo del Campo. I'm, I'm taking Spanish lessons and trying to roll my <laughs> R's, uh, a.k.a. Rodrigo del Campo, as I would say it, a.k.a. Rodrigo del Campo, as you would probably say Rodrigo it. del Rodrigo. Campo. A.k.a. Babe, a.k.a. Boo Boo, a.k.a. My Fiancé, a.k.a. Possible traitor in a poorly disguised <laughs> and arguably pointless mission to take over this podcast why would you want to take over this podcast i don't know but because it's my favorite podcast that's very cute that's the love goggles but i'll I take just it just really like it possibly nefarious motives aside uh rodrigo does happen to know a thing or two about the glorious morally questionable world of <laughs> mma and he was available to do this today so I guess uh, insurrection is a risk that I am willing to take. Hi, babe. Let me formally welcome you to the podcast today. Hey, buenos días, buenas tardes, buenas noches, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, how are you? Are you asking the audience that can talk? No, back, I'm asking babe? you. How are you? I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> I'm okay, babe. Apart from this cold that you've been witnessing all day, yeah. as I my nose goes rogue yeah my bets on allergies but we'll see we'll see we'll see it's not covid i hope not right you after already had it. covid so. yeah so uh but if i sound a little weird it's this also all the existential pain and uh the whole thing but that's i have that every day so you wouldn't notice anything differently anyway we have a little format planned for this show and i'll introduce the format in a little bit but uh first i wanted to sort of quickly address some of the happenings in the mma world we would be remiss not to i'll go over it quickly uh there is of course the ipoke situation with uh leon edwards and Bilal muhammad which I mean, a lot of the discourse on that has been had already. This is Wednesday, and this happened last Saturday. But I will just eloquently say to that, yikes. <laughs> There was also the 
Kobe Covington uh, thing, his disgusting comments about a fellow female fighter who I'm not going to name here because she's been exposed enough, which double yikes, but also yuck. And uh, finally, there's the triple header uh, UFC 261 event that the UFC uh, says will take place in front of a full crowd on April 24 in Florida, to which I say, Yikes and a yuck with a side of what the fuck. Um, anything you want to add to any of these subjects I mentioned? I will run through them to the last one, as the director Billy Corbin always say, hashtag because Florida, because of course <laughs> they're gonna come back. Even I have a couple of friends that were like close to the UFC, right? Like even when he was uh, Dana White was like saying, yeah, Texas, like we'll ask Texas, and some of the local uh, officers said like, not yet. Like, we were betting, oh, it's going to be Florida. Mm. It's going to be Florida. It has to be Florida. Like, it has to be Florida, who's, like, so irresponsible to do this. Uh, Dana was just a very, very small man who just literally is doing this and exposing everyone just to, like, being able to say, hey, I was first. This is literally the only reason why he's doing this. Because he wants to be able to say, I was first. And yeah. when you're, like, that small, like, what the... I like having you because, like, you're like my, like, the devil on my shoulder. Like, the angel is, like, always trying to sound diplomatic and nice. Oh, no, I'm a flamethrower. And then I have you for, like, as my, as our friends from the co-main event podcast would say, the unfeathered discourse. Yep. Yeah, I, I feel like I have you for that. I will <laughs> agree, though. And the thing about having this event with um, full capacity is just... I feel like maybe in two months from now, it wouldn't be such an insane idea with the way things are going with vaccinations in the U.S., right? Because that's the what, thing. What was the promise for of Biden, right? Like enough vaccinations for all adults by May. Yeah. So like even in counties where like you can get vaccinated yeah. as an adult now in the U.S., like probably in May you can get an appointment for a vaccination. So you can probably do this in June. Exactly. Like, Both little people vaccinated. Little. Like June. It's two months. And demand vaccinations, which I don't know if they'll do. Of right? course they won't. For that crowd, are you thinking like th those cars are like probably has like have like 20 or 30 posts of like how the vaccination passport is gonna ruin everyone and 5G and I don't, Bill I don't Gates know if we want to like disparage the people of Florida. Like no, that. no, no. I'm disparaging a little of the UFC. Oh, fans. the people who would attend a UFC event in a situation like this. Yeah, I, I feel like it's already sort of a, a, a mistaken judgment if you're gonna subject yourself to a crowd to go to your event at this moment in time. But it just, honestly, when I saw it, I questioned myself immediately because I do sometimes, these times have been making me wonder whether I'm the one who's losing it because it just looked insane to me precisely because of what we're talking because you could just wait a couple of months and you're really reducing the risk of having a super spreader event. But And now it's literally a couple of months, right? Like, Yeah, maybe six literally months ago, a couple of months. we didn't know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now you literally know that you can wait like June yeah. and you're probably decent. But on the subject, and I, we, I feel like we're going to talk a lot about this over the next month. And I'm sure we're going to have another lovely wave of talks about how the media is awful and wants to ruin the UFC. And I can't wait. It's going to be great. It's, it's uh, going to be the time of my life. But I feel like... I just need to address how this topic brings out the weirdest in people because I have a very, a, a, try to 
online experience that I can really, un- I, I tweet a thing and I sort of expect sometimes that tweet to be received by sad and secure men online a certain way, right? Like about feminism or whatever. And this is like, I simply tweeted something about questioning. It's not even a controversial tweet. It's not a controversial tweet. At all. Questioning the idea to do a full event at this point, which is just kind of like a very common sense thing, right? Not offending anyone, not calling anyone names. And the responses I got, like I had people going into my Instagram, like a guy with zero followers and zero whatever. I don't know if he created the account just to go harass me on my Instagram in Portuguese. He translated his message to Portuguese to like say something about how, uh, yeah, how... It, it involved like bad words about anatomical parts commonly related to women. So you can uh, just imagine like how sad you are that you have to like yeah. you see a tweet, go to Instagram, create a new account, look for someone's profile, go into the DMs, badly use Google Translate. Yeah. Dude, to like, be offensive in, in specifically in Portuguese. It was the whole How sad are you to do that stuff? And uh, I had a DM yesterday about with a guy uh, just saying, because my DMs are open or were, because this reminded me of why they shouldn't be. I leave them open for work purposes. But anyway, uh, so yeah, what do you say about Brazilians being accused of being dirty cheaters? Like just, just that. And one um, that I wanted. Mexicans are very corrupt and you can tell it to me like it doesn't <laughs> affect me. So. No, it's why would that affect you that someone accuses like any Brazilian to be a cheater? And this is such a take from like seven years ago when like it wasn't everybody getting caught in fucking steroids. <laughs> like this is prejudice and outdated. Like, please come at me with a, a 2021 bad take. Is that not a 2016 bad take? Like from I don't Stockton, want it. California. I don't think everyone's on steroids. I didn't even <laughs> can you imagine? That I would tolerate. Uh, and before we move on from this subject, because I got this DM I got today was golden and I wanted to share it in full before we move on. Hey, Fernanda, nice to meet you. I saw your response to the UFC allowing full attendance. Just wanted to do my due diligence as a human. Stop reading headlines and do real research. The death tolls in Brazil have been pretty much the same for the last five years. This is the kind of, like, how do you even engage with this kind of info? How can I disprove something that is, I don't even, anyway, start from that point. And research more. Uh, I And then in parenthesis, I'd love to have convo about this as well. This is an argument. Uh, so thank you, Robbie. I'll say the first name. Um, the world is fine. If you oh. live outside this bubble, you put yourself in. Uh, if you watched slash monitor the flu every day, there would be zero evidence. So that's... That's the... I hope Robbie's, Robbie's listening to us. Yeah. Uh, I hope I he it. can talk to my co-worker and friend, Lorena, whose father was a lifelong athlete, bodybuilder. Yeah. Thus, you know, a picture... Of health. Of health. Yeah. And passed away from COVID in a week and a half. Uh, maybe to a producer, my producer, my dear producer and friend, Joaquin Sapien, who's like now intubated in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Who's a judo athlete, black belt judo athlete, picture of health. Yeah. Healthiest man I've ever met, 61. Yeah. Oxygenated, he sucks 
was yeah. 52 the other day. So, yeah, the world's the same, Robbie. The world's the same. Yeah, and the, the, for, to the people who talk about the risk being so small and only for old people and with pre-existing conditions, they, I wish I could talk to them about when I got COVID and I had very mild symptoms, but I was sharing an apartment with you who had a heart inflammation um, and had just gotten out of surgery and has high blood pressure and how fucking terrified I was that I was going to freaking kill you. Because even though you did have what they would probably call pre-existent conditions, uh, I don't think you should just die because of it. But who knows? Right? But I'm willing to bet Robbie has a couple of pre-existing conditions. Yeah, well, well, but but I just wanted to read that because it was just to me a portrait of what we're dealing with now. And I don't, I just blocked in. I will not engage with this yep. anymore. Like I'm tired of being diplomatic about this because it's just it's too outside of reality for me to even discuss. Um, so we'll see how the UFC goes about holding this event. We'll see about security measures. Um, I'm sure there will be some. They are. They have been testing their athletes. They have been doing something close to a bubble. A bubble that got better in Las Vegas. Uh, the Fight Island bubble was very tight. Like I'll give credit where it's due, but I'm just curious about how you're gonna fill up a whole stadium and uh, make it safe. But I'll guess we'll see about that. And I mentioned the little format. So what we had. Um, what I asked Rodrigo to do and what I did myself before we recorded this was I asked him to make to create five MMA related questions. I stress MMA related because I know people might be afraid that we're just going to do one of those sappy couple podcasts in which we're like. I also had like non-MMA <laughs> questions that aren't sappy. Okay. They're like I, actual I questions you. about you. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I Mine were MMA related, but okay. So he clearly disobeyed my order further strengthening my theories about an insurrection but that's a subject for another podcast so i asked him five questions then he asked me five questions we don't know the questions i promise we haven't cheated and you know I, we haven't cheated by how dumb i sound when i answer them because i haven't had time to think about it um and i'll start okay, okay? go ahead since uh, i have to pretend to have some control over this uh, first question. Okay. It's a long one, so pay attention. Okay. Oh, that's going to be hard. Would you rather okay. watch Engano versus Lewis on repeat for three hours? And I mean, really watch it like clockwork style, like no, a thing holding no. your eyes open, no phone no like phone. you do okay. whenever we watch anything. You too. So it's not only me with the phone. My okay. podcast, please behave. Um, <laughs> or hearing Joe Rogan's voice narrating all the mundane activities you perform throughout the course of a day. And I mean, all activities that's, that includes pooping or mediating. A conversation between Tito Ortiz and Hoyce, uh, sorry, and Hanzo Gracie, Hanzo Gracie, about what they believe to be the most pressing, pressing issues of our time for a single hour. So a day of Joe Rogan, three hours of Ngano and Lewis on repeat, or. This is really easy. Yeah. For me. Right? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Because here's the thing, like. Tito Ortiz and Hanzo Gracie, no. Okay. No, because here's what would happen. I would get into a fight with them. Okay. And they would both kick my ass. Like, okay. that's a reality we know. Fine. So, like, I'm not into getting my ass kicked. I'm not 26 anymore. Okay. So, that's gone. Uh, Luis and Gano, no. Okay. Never, ever. <laughs> Here is something you might not know. 
When I listen to clips of Joe Rogan, yeah, and he just like starts citing things that aren't real, or like that <laughs> the guy who sold him his juices told them, or the guy who like set up his gym at the studio told them, like my mind goes, okay, like he goes like, where do you think he heard this? Like, why do you think this made sense to him? What do you? Th- why do you? Th- do you think like it made such an impression that he's telling us that now? So that's where my mind would go. So that's for those twenty-four your hours. Your long-winded way of saying you're going with Joe. Imagine Joe Rogan like, I would like get facts about fiber, <laughs> facts about water, facts in quotes. That would be like an interesting. I'm putting facts in quotes there. That, that would be like an you're interesting. Getting, you're getting some some people's opinions on those things. That would be like okay. an interesting poop. Okay. Like he would probably go like, <laughs> do you know that Inuits only poop once a week? Okay. They don't have fiber there. I can see your reasoning fat. I can see You know, and reasoning. the fat does this and it brings you this. And like, oh, I'm, I'm being entertained. It's stupid. Like tomorrow morning, like when this is over, like it's going to go out of my head, but it's over. Okay. I hear you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this because I want it to be over, but also because we have the other questions to get to. But I do I do get your reasoning, babe. And I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Okay. okay? And you now you... You you, uh, you want a, an MMA or a non-MMA? You choose. Okay, this is an MMA question. Okay. It's short. Okay. But it's something that really impacted me like when I first saw like an MMA event live. Okay. And something I ask some people. Okay. okay? Uh, the four-ounce glove. Okay. Especially when you're close to the cage, mm-hmm. it makes a very particular sound when a punch is landed. Yes. What was your first reaction when you heard it? Uh, I think the fact that I first heard it when I was kind of starting my MMA journey still, I was already like a really big fan and was writing about it. It wasn't like it, it just happened, but uh, I was at a different time when I was more of a just bleed gal. So I was like, I, I thought it was really cool. I think that if I had been first exposed to it now, I would have been terrified because like you said, it is a very specific sound when you're, when you have bigger guys there, right? Exactly. Ugh. Like the sound is just that much worse. Let's say what? Like middle way up? Middle way up. I would, I would agree with you. Even some welters. Because it's, it's not yeah. a punch and it's not a thud. It's something else. It's a right. very particular <laughs> sound. Oh my God. It's terrible. And it takes the sort of illusion of distance, right? That you get from a screen. Yep. Um, you, Of course, the side of it too, uh, all of it, but the noises I think are the thing that makes it, that make it a little more real and i think a lot of people kind of noticed that when the crowds weren't allowed anymore right because that's when you kind of got the the stripped down version that a lot of us got from being cage side uh that's a great question though it is really weird and very much like a yeah like one of the persons i would like really want to talk about like in the ufc mm-hmm. production staff from the COVID events yeah. is the sound designer. I'm obsessed with sound. <laughs> yeah, and I'm obsessed with live sound. He talks a lot about it. A lot I about wanna it. I want to know uh, yeah. where they found the sweet spot of volume for mm-hmm. the sound of the cage. Because you remember those first events. It was events, too loud. It was raw. Yeah. It was really raw. And I think a lot of people got freaked out. Because like the first event was uh, Gaethje Tony. Mm-hmm. And that fight was just like fucking savage. Yeah. And people were like, oh, it was shocking. this is the sound. Yeah. 
I and think they were. Right. I think they were all shocked, and I think they like kind of changed the mix and the volume and everything. Yeah, because it's cool to an extent, right? To really feel like you're in there, and then there's that threshold where it's like, okay, this is cool, but it's also freaking terrifying. Yeah, it gets wrong. Like you feel like you you yep. need some sort of distancing from what's happening, yep. like in order to fully appreciate it. So, uh, great question, babe. Um, okay, my next question is. I think I know the answer to that one, but okay. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna hear it from you. Okay. What is the one fighter could not be active anymore? Okay? okay. One fighter active or inactive that you just refuse to let go of, and you will defend against any and all slander. He's making an expression because I think I know what it's gonna. Even when you know deep down, as a man of reason, because you are a man of reason, but sometimes. You can get, all of us can get emotional and unreasonable when it's like with some people or some cases. I just want to listen to the end of the question because it might change the answer. Okay. But what is the fighter that deep down, even when you know you might sound a little unreasonable or you might be stretching facts a bit, you won't let go of? Tony Ferguson. Because with Cain Velasquez, I'm not stretching facts and I'm not changing everything. (laughs) That thing's totally right. And he's the best heavyweight of all time. Oh, man. Tony Ferguson. So it's not Cain Velasquez. No, because I'm okay. not twisting stuff there. Okay. With Tony, Tony, I thought it was like he was like the best lightweight of all time. Okay. And now, like, let's say 2020 hasn't been gentle with Tony Ferguson. But you're. But I will not let go. You're not let go. And he is my favorite fighter, by the way. Okay. Like, that I know. Obviously, I love Cain. That I know. But my favorite fighter of all time is Tony Ferguson. You don't think you get a little blind when you're talking about Cain? Cain Velasquez is the best heavyweight of all time. It's okay. It's not even that. You che- <laughs> Maybe this isn't the journalistically fair question because I was like, <laughs> I asked already respecting your response and trying to call you out maybe a little bit. I will admit to that. But, okay, I, I will accept your Tony Ferguson answer, though you are. You are reasonable when talking about Tony. It's kind of like, I love him even though these things happen. With Kane, it's like, He's amazing. I will not tolerate any arguments to the contrary. I will not. He's amazing. He's he a great am- man, great father, great fighter, great wrestler. Okay. The best I'll- of all time. <laughs> the best of all time. That overhand right is just called, it even has a name, the pop special. The pop Everyone special. Everyone from AKA does is from one of the coaches. Okay. It's the overhand with which with Habib uh, knocked down uh, Connor. Okay. The pop special. See, this is why I like having you here. We get knowledge. We get passion. We got long speeches. We get things that if we were like in real life and not recording, you like tuned out. Like I would five have walked ago. away like yeah. or just looked at my phone as a sign to like I'm out of this conversation. Yep. But I'm glad to give you this space, babe. I feel Thank like you. I feel like I get points. I don't next know about time. your listeners. <laughs> okay. Oh, poor uh, producer Jordan has to like <laughs> sort through this oh jordan is subjected to me every week yeah. like he's he's no stranger to, to to unfortunate situations uh do you want an mma or a non-mma question i you're you're gonna go with your gut babe okay mm, non-mma question okay then. what is the first memory you have like in life yep oh my god you went deep i was <laughs> I was not expecting it. Oh man, honestly, I have like a uh I have what I thought was a memory of seeing like being in the hospital when my youngest my younger sister was born, but I was one and a half. 
So I don't even know if it's possible to have that memory or if I like filled in blanks, fill those blanks like in my mind. But I also, the second would be a traumatic memory. Oh, sorry. Of when I, thanks, thanks for sorry. stirring these uh, feelings today, babe. <laughs> I like it. This was supposed to be a fun thing and you're making it sad, but no, I'm kidding. Um, I was, I don't know if I was like three or four and I, I found a pill that was like, um, it's like a, like, in Brazil we call it like sotan. I don't even know what the equivalent is, but it's a strong pill, like a calming pill, like a anti-anxiety, anxiety, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. that my dad took. Ansiolitico, it's called like an, Yeah, like uh, uh, something like strong that, that my dad used to take. And I was a little kid and I remember finding it and taking one oh. and my mom saw it and I had to go to the hospital to get my stomach pumped. Ooh. So I had my stomach pumped at a very, very young age. So your friend's memory's charcoal going into was your stomach. Was one of those. Yeah. They're all like traumatic, the first ones, other than the one of my sister. Like when I had my tonsils removed, I remember throwing up blood on my dad. Ugh. So clearly there's there's a lot to be unpacked there uh, from my... I'm sorry. No. <laughs> from my, uh, you could have seen it coming, though, that my, my first memories were People gonna be like, like the warm embrace of my dad or my mom it's just like oh me throwing up blood on my dad or <laughs> having vomit induced because i took a pill uh, which both are events that i feel like really really set up the scenery for the rest of my life uh we have to move on but i'm actually curious do you know yours We've parsed it. We think it's possible. We don't know if it's real. Yeah, okay. My first memory for the longest time was uh, at an, the first apartment we had. Okay. Not at the house, you know, which where yeah. my dad lives. And I'm laying on my mom, drinking from a bottle. We parsed it to like being two, two and a half. Yeah. Watching replays, believe it or not, with check balance on TV. Amazing. And like this came in therapy and I talked to my mom about it. It's like, we did this all the time. We did this all the time. So like, I don't know, like... Your specific memory. Yeah. But this is definitely a thing that happened because she liked the show. And there's like my night feeding time when I was like two. Yeah. So yeah, like I would like sit on the couch, put you over my lap, give you a bottle and we would watch the show. You fall asleep, put you in your doll. Uh, Jordan, just a second, because I think Rodrigo is sounding a little low, at least here on the, on the, the thingy. So. Uh, no, he says uh, thumbs up. You think it's fine? Yeah, I was moving away. Okay. Okay, sorry. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> okay. Getting back. That's a more wholesome memory. <laughs> I really bad on what you're really watching. Bad ones, but... Depend on the replays you're watching. No, let's 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 stick to the pleasant one. I feel like I ruined everyone's day enough already. Um Always, as a general rule, that's what I do. I'm a ruiner of days. All of mine are MMA now. Now I feel boring. But um, this you might want to think about a little bit. Okay. If you could permanently ban one word, phrase, expression, whatever, uh, from the MMA lexicon forever, what would it be? Like a phrase? It can, it can be a An expression. Phrase? It could be something that, that is said on the broadcast. I'll keep it open to make it easier. Oh, I know. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Yeah. That should have been a split decision. Which 
we've addressed in this podcast. Yep. <laughs> uh, dude, I, I called an event on Friday from yeah. a Latin American thing. And there was like a couple of close fights. I won't, won't lie. Mm-hmm. But I saw like so many people saying, oh, that should have been a tie. I would have been like, there was literally like no deduct, nothing that could have <laughs> rules wise made it a tie. And I had like a hundred people on the live chat saying, oh, that should have been a tie. that's not how scoring works everyone we've had this conversation on this podcast i can link you to like Ah. three episodes in which this was discussed but the reason why we keep coming Ah. back to it and i understand this specific frustration is because people don't understand the scoring i think at a very basic level which is three separate judges are giving their scores to each round because that's what most uh, mma promotions use Uh, each round round by round judge by judge and they're not talking to each other the thought that a deliberate result like a split decision should have been a fair way it implies thinking that a fight had to be seen differently by different judges and it just makes absolutely no sense that's not how it works when you say that you're just like yeah and also people like think you have to win the fight no yeah. I know it goes against like what we think. <laughs> you have to win two or two out of three rounds. Yep. Which is not winning the fight. You can like literally get your ass whooped for five minutes and then barely win the second, barely win the third, yeah. and you get the fight. As also, long as it's not a 10-8 round, in which case you might get a draw. Exactly. But- also, I've gotten people that think split decision yeah. is a thing the judges take on a box when they deliver the score. <laughs> Look, I think this is a split. No. I think they uh. think split decision is the same as close decision. Like, oh, this was so close that we want to award them the knowledge that not all of us Like a participant driven. Exactly. Like, and it's not how judging works. So. And they're like really close 30-27 fights. Yeah. Just like in every round you saw someone that won the round and they won all three. Doesn't mean that if I was a blowout. Exactly. And there's like 29, 28 blowouts. Yeah. So okay. that one or um, well, that's a robbery. Those two. The robbery. I recently, there is a post Those of mine two. that's going to come up uh, on Fanbyte in which I talk about the comments and takes that annoy me the most. This al- This didn't make it, but it almost did. And it's the robbery argument, right? That a fight is... A close fight ends a certain way and a certain and a person said it was a robbery, even though like half of his call, his or hers or their colleagues saw the fight a certain way. And they still think that they saw it so right that the fact that other people saw it differently is necessarily wrong. Yep. Uh, do you want to keep it going like you MMA, me not MMA, or do you want an MMA question? Because I have both. Let's do MMA and you do next. What was it like living in Brazil Mm. doing the Anderson Silva hype? It was, okay, but living in, well, living in Brazil has always been awful for me personally. (laughs) As a personal process of discovery. I would have uh, uh, chosen not to do it. Not to, a lot of people love living in Brazil, guys. Like, this is, this is a me thing. Like, Brazil has a lot of flaws and it has a lot of, great things and this is a whole separate podcast to have <laughs> a lot of my friends are gonna defend brazil till the end and and say i'm just a bitter soul which uh they're not lying i am but uh as a general 
concept of my life. I do not like Brazil that much. But uh, Anderson was so huge. Um, I think a lot of people might not... Like, Brazil sports culture is different than American sports culture. I feel like American sports culture is very plural in that you have, you know, you have the really big sports like the NFL or uh, basketball. But, you know, there the fandom is kind of everywhere. You have those big sports and people grow up being able to play different sports right like kids go can play kids play baseball kids so kids wrestle and in brazil like it's very soccer oriented as a whole like that's the big sport that's the main thing and then you have the sports that are sort of winning at the moment the sports that have champions and they tend to get sort of more temporary attention as a, a general thing like formula one we have some some lasting heritage from formula one we have like volleyball but still like it's soccer and everything else and and then for a while it, it was mma we had uh, you know, big champions. And we had the big champion who was Anderson Silva. And Anderson was enormous. Like at, at a time, I would consider him, like Neymar would probably have been the biggest oh. athlete at the time. That would be Neymar. And I, and I have to, you know, tell people to listen to it with a grain of salt because obviously my bubble was different. I was looking at it through a different lens, but I would put Anderson up there. In popularity terms, not quite like Neymar, but enough that everybody in the streets would know who he was. Yeah, the reason why I'm asking you is like, I think Anderson is the biggest MMA athlete in their own country we've ever had. Like even in the US, like the most famous American MMA fighter, like he was never as big as Anderson was in Brazil. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a huge like Cain Velasquez thing here in Mexico where he would like literally would be mobbed on the streets for autographs. Oh, and that I, I didn't know. And I still don't think he was as big as Anderson because like people would stop him in the street and stuff. And, oh, dude, I was in a signing that had to be pulled. Yeah. Because people got rowdy and like they broke shit and we had to like get Kane out of there. Yeah. But he wasn't on the cover of magazines. He wasn't on billboards. He wasn't on TV every day. Yeah. Like the whole Anderson thing to me, he is the, I don't know Japan because I know the scene, but like I, I, I'm, not at the age where, like, I know how, how big they are. Mm -hmm. Anderson in Brazil, for me, is, like, the case study of, like, how big an MMA fighter can get. Yeah, it was. He was on, like, uh, a music show on a very famous Brazilian singer, uh, music video, sorry, Marisa Monchi. He was, when he had the leg break with Weidman, Fantástico, which is sort of our 60 minutes. That would be the equivalent uh, in my head. There was like a live coverage from the hospital door with like live hits from updates on his. And it was a broken leg. Like, yeah, it was a badly broken leg, but he wasn't going to die. And we had like live hits updating us on his status every five seconds. He became like a very big sort of uh, pop culture figure. So and now I'm pretty sure if you ask anybody who Anderson Silva is, they'll they'll know who it is. And that to me is the biggest even like as big as MMA was there because it got really big for a while. Like I was one of the most like scary quote unquote situations I had working on PR was when we did a signing at a mall and I was with Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. That was going to be like my example of like, cause yeah. I think he's the biggest MMA uh, fighter ever in the U S uh, other than like Connor yeah. or Brock. He was, it was the event. I think that Vanderlei Silva ended up fighting um, Rich Franklin. 
and Chuck Liddell was there as the guest fighter. Yeah. I think it's the same event. I get confused because they had a few events in Metal of Disney. And it was so many people at the mall. And like we got so mobbed that I was terrified. Like I got into the event, I was like shaking because it was just so many people. And that was Chuck Liddell. So you can imagine that with with Anderson. He couldn't go anywhere. It was pretty big. Yeah, because like for example, Connor is like the other example of someone who like got so big. Like I would be hard pressed to see uh Irish news like breaking into coverage because he broke a leg maybe because he like hit an old man at a bar or or you know yeah yeah but like that's what happened with Anderson like it was so ridiculous it was like I think that's like the biggest yep you're right next one um this is a best and worst question okay who for you is the best fighter to follow on social media and who is the worst Okay, the worst is oh, there's competition. There's competition, right? You can think a little. Oh, John Fitch. John Fitch is really. You think he's the worst though? Because he's not that active. No, well, like he became from like weird dude to creep to weird dude. Yeah. To now supposedly like a pickup artist, alpha (laughs) male. Or what's the new one? It's not the alpha wolf. Is the sigma? The sigma sigma bullshit. Look it up. (laughs) <laughs> horrible uh, bastards uh, I'm sorry for the word uh, but yeah like probably young Fitch because there's ones like uh, let's say yeah like Jake Shields for example yeah. like Tito Ortiz they're predictable okay I get what you're like saying. they're bad mm-hmm. they're really bad and mm-hmm. they bad for the discourse bad for life but they're predictable John Fitch just goes all over the place and he's consistently bad <laughs> I agree with you the best follow though I don't follow many. I'm going to throw mine so you can think about it. Okay, throw yours. Just so you're, while you're mulling okay. it over. Uh, I think Angela Hill is an awesome follow. She is an amazing follow. Yeah. Julie Ketsy, former Julie fighter, Ketsy, is an amazing follow. She, I put her like in a different sort of tier, but she's absolutely yeah. up there. Um, Bilal Muhammad. Wholesome follow. It's a good follow on Twitter. Good wholesome follow. Yeah, I don't know. Brandon Moreno. Brandon Moreno. Yeah, but like, I love Brandon. He's my boy. Yeah. I've known him for a decade. But like, now like, half of his feet is like, him pitching stuff, which I get. Get your money, <laughs> Brandon. You earned it. You're going to get another championship fight. But like, it, like, the quality went down. I don't know. I don't follow a lot of them. I yeah, don't even... you're right. I, I, I know that was going to be a, a, an easier pick for the but worst. But right is the now worst is... for me. And I'll probably think of, like, people that I like following that I would... Oh, I was following someone this weekend who, like, cornered a Mexican fighter. I'm not even going to say who he is. Yeah. Was cornering a Mexican fighter, which is a fighter I've met, like, on repeatedly occasions. has always been nice. He used to live in Mexico, by the way, because mm-hmm. he played soccer. And, like, re-followed him because, like, I was following this fighter on social media through his f- fight weekend. And then literally Monday. Anti-vax stuff, anti-mask stuff. Like, ah. Oh. Oh, I remember I hadn't followed you in two years. Okay, unfollow. Like, uh, that that's happened to a lot of us repeatedly. Uh, I'll throw another one. Nate Quarry. Oh, Nate. He's solid. a good, Nate's like, really smart guy yeah. who has a, a few like interesting takes. Also, uh, Leslie. Leslie Smith, absolutely. Yeah. Another amazing follow. I like following Jessica Rose Clark. She's like just. I don't know why. I like her dogs. She's, yeah, the dogs and just like and now she's just, in love and it's like yeah, beautiful it's like, no, I don't know I feel like she's one of those fighters like I don't know I've never talked to her in my life um, 
we like follow each other on Twitter. That's that's the extent of my. But she just seems like a cool person to hang out with. And then I see her posts, and I'm like, ah, I'm happy that she's happy. My friend who doesn't know who I am, but I'll just project my shit on you. And um, Brian Kelleher, also sneaky good follow. Boom. Yeah. Okay. I don't follow him. Okay. Oh, that's that's a good one for you to follow. Brian Boom Kelleher. Okay. I, got I like that was my question for you and I took it over. I'm sorry. It's I'm okay. a terrible host. No, I like I went, I have my answer <laughs> quick. Um, I, this is an MMA question like that's like near and dear to our hearts. I'm okay. going MMA. Okay, so this is a, an actual question. I thought you were just... No, no, an okay. actual question. This is okay, my question. Your fourth now. question my term, for me. Because okay. you only have one... Uh, you have two more for me and I have one more for yep. you. Yeah. We always see fighters, like, after their fight weeks, after they're done with, like, the weight and the fight and whatever, a lot of them, like, post this really crazy meals. Okay. Like, some people go for, like, the fats. Uh, some people go for, like, the sweet. Some people just go for, like, they saw something on Instagram that looked insane. Yeah. There was a thing in Mexico for a while. It was, like, a crepe cake. Okay. Which is, like, a hundred crepes stacked. Oh, I saw to that. build the cake. That was the thing that happened for a little bit, yeah. Well, what is the craziest post-fight meal you've seen, like, from a fighter posted, like, after their fight? Where you're, like... You deserve it because you like had camp, cut weight, fought, but this is just stupid. Uh, I can't think of any, to be perfectly honest. I wish I could, like a specific meal. Okay, I'm going to switch it up. Okay. What is, without mentioning the fighter, okay. woman or, male or, or woman, the craziest meal you've seen a fighter eat, like in one of your five weeks or like working PR? Because we've both seen fighters like eat, amazing and astounding quantities of food hmm. i'm not gonna say crazy Ah, oh, man you got me there i like to sound smart in these questions but i won't sound smart today but i remember when i was in sioux falls um working for mma junkie and this it was the, the night ferguson vanada ferguson vanada the 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 appearance a wild vanada appears oh, that was fight. just such a good fight and he came in on like super short notice and was just the most confident man the world had ever seen that Land whole thing lando's was, a thing lando is just a whole a whole vibe a yep. whole mood yep um and that was just an interesting fight weekend. John Lineker was fighting uh, Michael McDonald, I want to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. in the Komen event. And it was the day before, we were at the restaurant and he had already made weight, okay? So this is not me because yeah, I know he missed <laughs> weight a few times and people were like talking, like talking shit about that. And he was just like downing pizzas. <laughs> he didn't even eat a lot, but just like the this recklessness. Because it was before fight nights. He oh, was like, so just carbs and salt. And like, we were like looking at the menu and he was like, because he didn't speak English. Yeah. So he was like asking for help. And I was like, I don't know, I just want pizza. And I'm like, at the same time, it made sense because it's carbs. It's good. You get a little protein. Carb, and at the same loading, time, of course, we've all done it. Like so much dairy. And <laughs> I was just like, I hope he doesn't have reflux. Like, you know, yeah. all the tomatoes. <laughs> I, don't know, it's, I don't think it's a weird thing. I just the fact that it stuck in my mind says something about how I remember that. Because I was just like, I think you expect fighters to have this sort of like super planned out meal before fight night or to you know which just, some of them do some of them do right I, i'll take this liquid and take that and and minute uh, by minute hour by hour yeah like the electrolytes are going in salt's <laughs> going in magnesium's going in but he's just like i would just have 
this pizza. And I have seen a fighter, not going to name, heavyweight, having a few beers. Oh, they're Having a few beers. Amazing. Not getting drunk. Not getting that I know, that I remember because I was really drunk. <laughs> so my, I'm an unreliable narrator uh, of this event. But I do remember seeing uh, the fighter have a few beers and I'm like, beers before? Oh, you can, I mean, everybody knows their limits. And the fight was really late the next day. So it's not like Paulo Costa having a whole bottle of wine uh, to fight in the morning. Sure, sure, Jan. <laughs> But uh, I'm sure, like, after we're done, I'm going to remember, like, a ton and spend all afternoon, like, babe, I should have said. That'd be amazing. Said, that'd be amazing. I should have said this person, but I, I can, can't remember a meal. Do you have one? I can tell you the biggest eating feat I've seen a fighter. Okay. I, this I is a hear. fighter who used to be a lightweight, now a, a welterweight. I'll tell you who it is, like, after yeah. we stop. At a Combat de America show, he was cornering someone. Yeah. It's a UFC fighter. I saw him eat. In 15 minutes, okay. 15 minutes. Okay. For those of us who love the intricacies of the in and out mm-hmm. menu, four double double burgers. Okay. Two animal fries and three shakes. Oh, I think I know who it is. In 15 <laughs> minutes, 15 minutes. And it was a sight. Because this isn't, it wasn't like a, a messy yeah. feeding, it was precise. Yeah surgical he knew what he wanted yeah. he knew like okay like i'm gonna get a little fries little burger little shake now this now this 15 minutes gone it was yeah. a thing to witness i so I, I wanted to stand up a clap but i didn't know it was gonna be like if i should have or not i think that's beautiful it was beautiful it was beautiful i wish i was there also someone i really like so, so i would have been beautiful. there like admiring i love people who eat a lot i'm i like i love it it was beautiful i think it's beautiful to just go in like that i remember uh there was one fighter mamuchi i don't know if you know if he's still in there was it mamuchi joaquin silva was it am i getting the mamuchi's wrong i have no who idea. had like this massive breakfast before making weight and Yeesh. i was i didn't see it i saw it on instagram Yeesh. i don't know him i wasn't there he made weight i mean yeah heavyweight and also when i was uh doing pr and uh, I can say the name, it was because it's it's nothing bad. It's a Vitor Belfort. Yeah. And I was following him like for a day doing. He looks like a eater. He was. He would eat like we. I would have to call in advance and have like the meals, super clean. But a lot, meals, just a lot of food. But just like very often, like he was eating like kind of all the time, and I'm like admirable too. Love it. Love that energy. I eat I eat often. You see, I eat like every three hours, but I yeah. love the energy. But very clean. Like very lean. Yeah, just like chicken, an amazing account. Uh, just like a lot of food. food. Yeah. yeah. So uh last question. A good question, babe. Now it's my now I feel stupid about my question. Yes, do it. Yours were were cooler. See? Insurrection. You're taking over. I didn't this take over is a, anything. A terrible plan. You're more loved than me, so uh, so now I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit <laughs> with a, a more um, spicy question. Not in a cool way, in a terrible way uh, of a question I shouldn't <laughs> be asking. But I don't know. Uh, some men just want to watch the world burn. Okay. Uh, and that is me right now. Name a fighter that everyone seems to like or to have liked at some point in time, but you know, that had seemed to have a certain appeal that you don't really necessarily understand. And this could 
be for a legitimate reason or a fight related reason or whatever or it could just be a dumbass reason like this person looks like they're too into the music of jason ross like whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever you want to use as a standard is acceptable here i can tell you one from when he was a fighter because okay. now, like, it went sideways. Okay. Like, it went everywhere. Okay. But like, when he was an actual fighter, I really didn't get it. Then, actually, kind of got it as a grown-up. But it was PJ Penn. Okay. And it wasn't like... Now we know there's, like, a lot of problematic stuff around okay. PJ. Yeah. And then, like, a lot of old stuff came out again. And, like, huh, maybe. But just as a fighter, like... Obviously, like, the accomplishments are amazing. Uh, double champion, lightweight champion, world champion, whatever. Was just never a fan of his style. Like, the accomplishments are, like, as big as anyone. Like, one of the fastest uh, black belts, an American black belt, winner of the Mundial, two uh, weight classes. Mm -hmm. I was just wasn't a fan of his style. I get it. And now, like, you know, everything changed. Literally everything changed. But, like, yeah, probably PJ Penn. That's it. I, I, cause that's the thing. I never, I'm actually opening topology to try to remember why, because I was never, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't there for the big BJ thing, you know, like when he it was, was like a lapse in my fandom, by the way, cause like I was a fan before and then like it wasn't shown in Mexico and then I came back, like probably came back to it like really hardcore when Frankie beat BJ in Abu Dhabi. Okay. So like UFC one twelve or something. Yeah. I, so like I kind of missed that stage when like mm -hmm. BJ was like the shit for everyone. Yeah, I think his last win over Matt Hughes in the UFC was two thousand and four, and he beat no no sorry uh, two thousand and ten. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and then he went on that the two thousand eleven is when like sort of his slide down. Yeah, um, when was the Abu Dhabi begin. card? 2011? I don't even know, babe. The Frank Elliott fight. That, that was, was the, the one was like, Damian Maia fight, Exactly. Right? That's when I came back. So it was 112. That was me so starting April to 2010. Like, that was all me starting to like MMA. That was me like really getting hardcore into it. Because I remember right after that fight, I interviewed Damian Maia. And he was pissed off. The biggest, the most pissed off I've seen Damian Maia in my entire life. Which is a thing. And his entire career. And I revisited that when I interviewed him a couple of years ago. And he said, like, he was actively upset by the whole situation. But he said it in a very diplomatic Damian Maia way. But that was sort of the, um, the beginning of my fandom, which was the his decline. It coincided. So I kind of never really understand. And I never really got to see what the big whoop was about. Because most other fighters that I maybe not a fan of, like, I get why. Okay. Like, I get why people are a fan of Conor McGregor. Like, that's a huge example. But I get it. I get, like, why people were, like, fans of Brock Lesnar at one point. I get it. Not sure anything. thought it was really racist when he fought at Cain Velasquez. <laughs> that's another thing. But I, I, I get it. With BJ, I really didn't get it and i'm gonna probably get crucified by a lot of people by admitting this but i almost didn't get it i was like 19 and 20 when that happened i, don't like, th I think eh. we've had enough like distancing like time-wise 
for people to be okay with that take. Could be. Like could it would have been more controversial to say that like six years ago. I could think. Be. But yeah, that that, that would be mine. BJ okay. Penn. I put you on the spot there. Yeah, yeah, you did. That was, that was hard. That was hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was in a, a different headspace <laughs> when I wrote this question literally this morning. I've brightened up a bit. You've been around me throughout a day. You've seen how fast things can, can change. Uh, so yeah, I was in a more embittered state appreciate your answer though okay last question you asked me this one uh you want an mma or like a light non-mma oh you have like, like several it could be a light whatever you prefer babe go you do you I'll, okay i'm, down, I'm, I'm down gonna like whatever. get us away from mma just for the last okay palate cleansing question okay what is your favorite lyric of all time lyric yeah jesus man you're really really Making me work for it today. I can. There's more. I can like my ask you something else. Lyric of all time. You want me to change it? It's okay. This is gonna sound really, really tacky. It doesn't have to be. Insp- it has to be like something that stood out for you. Like it doesn't have to be like smart. It doesn't have to be inspiring. It doesn't have to be something that changed your life. Something like really stuck in you. Like, oh, I dig this. I'm gonna give you both. Okay. Um, selfish gene by Travis. Okay. I've I don't know why I'm so obsessed with that song. I just am. And the lyrics to me are just really really interesting. Uh you google it guys. We don't even have time for it and maybe judge me because it might not even make sense. And another a very tacky one that is like so teenagery and that shouldn't be but it just is. But what is the line in that song that like okay. The tra- the selfish gene one? Yeah. There isn't really a line. I think it's just the whole, the entire song. like, just the whole concept of the song. It's very interesting, and the video that accompanies it with the that comedian that we saw in the in a world, uh, is it Dominic? Too? Oh, I forget his name. I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the yeah. one who kind of looks like Jason Schwartzman. Yes. Yeah, that's I know. The Dimitri something. Dimitri, I forget his Dimitri, last name. Not Dominic. Dimitri. Forget his last name. Yeah, Dimitri something. And the lyrics to Vienna by Billy Joel, which is just they, the song plays in, in um, the Jennifer Garner movie, 13 going on 30. Oh. And it's like, it's teenagery and silly and ridiculous. And I don't know why I love it that much. I just do. And I'll say another one just to, to end it. Everlong by the Foo Fighters, another techie one. I'm ter- I, I've said this several times on this podcast. Like music, I'm just a, a not sophisticated person, and you know it. No, but it's not that. But okay, so that's whole lyrics to one song. Is there like a lyric, a line that like still stands out in your mind? <laughs> Rihanna, didn't they tell you that I was a savage? Fuck your white horse in your carriage. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm very that's poetic. That's a really good See, one. I'm terrible. You're exposing no, me. No, that's actually I'm... really good. <laughs> I just love that part so much. And I always sing it like with a lot of gusto. It goes with you. You think so? It does. Oh, I'll take it. It does. I love it. It does. It's a, that's a good lyric. And I think that's it for questions, no? Yeah, that's five and five. 
Uh, do we still have a little time? We, I, I had asked on Twitter for a few questions, but they weren't helpful at all. Uh, you can just ask me something. I'm blue. <laughs> but uh, we did get a few questions. People were very nice. I feel like they're they're supportive. I can tell you my lyric if you want to. Oh, yeah. What is your lyric? Uh, it's the opening line of the Stooges Search and Destroy. What is it? I'm a streetwalking cheetah with a heart full of napalm. Wow. I was 13 when I heard it. I was like, what is this? I love it. <laughs> and that's that was my heard. introduction to Iggy Pop. Like, what is this? I like it. I love it. I don't know who that is, but I love him from the rest of my life. And, and I, I love did. that we like grow up and like we can acknowledge why our teen selves love it so much. But yeah, oh, we that's can't like an go. amazing lyric to hear when you're 13. I'm going to ask one from Twitter. Okay. Um, Talk about something, uh, world's worst hero. Um, talk about something each of you likes that won't change for anything, no matter how much the other dislikes it too. Oh, something I like doing. The okay, I got mine. The go obvious. ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, eating bread. <laughs> it's not that I dislike bread; it's that you're very obsessed with it. Yes, I'm Mexican and I love bread. It's it's a thing. It's not, guys. You should okay. see her face. It's just like every time I'm eating bread, like again, he eats again, and everywhere we go, he gets the bread. And sometimes this goes like, Oh, I'm just gonna pay for parking, and he returns with the bread. <laughs> how do you, how do you make the bread happen? And sometimes I feel like I've been tricked into going somewhere because you're like, Let's go to that place. I'm like, Sure, because it's a place I like. And then, unbeknownst to me, he only wanted to go there because they had bread. No, it was a coincidence, like. Oh, you like that place? And they have bread. Let's go. And then I go get, like, make something in the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have some of the bread. <laughs> and the bread is gone because you ate all the bread. <laughs> You're obsessed with bread. Yes, it's a good obsession to have. Oh, man. And it's I will just... not ch There's a lot of things that will change if they annoy you. Eating bread's not one. What's oh. yours? I'm trying to think that I like that I won't change even though you dislike. Because you're very cool about everything. It's very hard for me to do a thing that... That I know you I have you literally one thing you do that annoys me. Oh, one oh, thing. Let's, since Just we're ending one. this, this is the final thing. I think that's a good note no, no, but for us to segue into I, our private lives. I think that's a good average, right? Okay. Like it's only one thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What is it? That you don't close stuff. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that would qualify as a thing I like doing. No, I, I didn't say it was like, it was like a thing you do. And that's literally the only thing you do that I know. Yes, I leave. I I have a trouble. I have trouble closing lids, uh, drawers, doors, closets, closets. I don't know why it's a thing that like it's some blockhead I have in my head that I just leave things open and don't even notice it. And mostly it's okay, but then I'll leave like the lid of the olive oil open, and he'll pick up pick it up by the lid in situations like this. And now I'm, just assume everything's open. And I think that I don't know that you dislike, but that I think you might end up disliking soon is that I will sing out loud to everything, like watching videos, watching songs in the car. Like it's so annoying. I sing out loud to everything. If I know the lyrics, I sing out loud. And right now I feel like you're okay with it, but that it might end up getting in your, in your Today, nerves. Today, March 16th, as we record, yeah. it's endearing. Okay. <laughs> We'll have to revisit that. You can that. ask me every year. <laughs> you can ask me every year. Yeah. Unfortunately, MMA Catfish asked for a Rentrigo special topic. 
but I rant think that about, was, yeah, rant about Cain Velasquez. And I feel not, like you, you, we got a few wins tonight, yeah, so well, we did the, address that. The flamethrower that. from the 14th fist of yeah. McCloskey was on today. Yeah, somebody asked for us to hablar en español por un día, and we got a little bit of Spanish in. Okay. So we... Uh, that, was, we that was okay in Spanish. Cover that. Okay. Our friend Alfredo asked to talk about Mexican food and Oscar nominations, and I feel like this is a whole separate episode. We would have needed, like... What's your favorite Mexican dish you've tried? <sighs> Uh, I'm a vegetarian, so obviously yeah, yeah. things are a little limited. But I really like uh, nopales. Yeah, they became my thing. Which is the flower of the the, is like the, 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 cactus. the the cactus. The flower of the cactus is another thing. We drink the flower yeah. of the cactus. So, there's so that. I like cactus. Yeah, that would be my. It's really good. It's probably the thing that I I fell the most. Grilled cactus with like into. a little cheese, a little lemon, little in a taco uh, salsa in a taco. The greatest delivery. Uh, food item of all time, mm. the taco, the tortilla. <laughs> like you can eat everything in it. It's amazing. See, we're going into like, again, into it's bread, a th- taco, there's, tortilla. We'll not get into it, but there's a really a union between Mexican and Middle Eastern cuisine, Middle okay. Eastern cuisine. They use a lot of the bread to eat. We use the tortilla yeah. to eat. It, it comes from that. I like that we got this education in before, before ending this, but we will owe you, Alfredo, the Oscar nominations uh, especially because we still have a lot of the movies to watch. Everything, Everyone else whose question I didn't get to read, I'm sorry. We just didn't. It was a weird one. We didn't have enough for a full episode, so I ended up going with a different format. But I, as always, I really uh, appreciate your interactions. Uh, unless you are that Robbie guy, then I do not appreciate your interactions. Please <laughs> never interact again. You're blocked, so you can't. But don't create an alternative alias. We're not interested. Uh, before you go, we go, babe, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you want our listeners to go to, watch, listen, check out? Yeah, you can find uh, Best Camp of My Life on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, <laughs> and where Podcasts are delivered. Please subscribe and rate. You can also find also You Love to See It on yes. any platforms from the Fine Bite Network. You're subscribe and rate. my podcast. Yeah, because you don't plug your stuff, so I need to plug your stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you live in Latin America... You can watch us, Claro Sports, every Thursday night, Tres Rounds, uh, the only meme show in Latin TV. Also, Thursday from Sunday, I'm going to be calling the European Wrestling Qualifiers to Tokyo 2020, which I feel is really specific. But if you speak Spanish and are already listening to an MMA podcast, you'll probably take it. So we'll be there. Okay. Um guess that's it. I, can't, I don't have episode? anything to plug because you already plugged myself. Sorry, babe. Who do you want to thank this episode? I want to thank you, obviously. <laughs> Boo-boo, baby. Too kind. Maybe. My fiance, such a weird word. B-dubs, you're the one who can call me boo-boo, not anyone else. Uh, <laughs> it's done, babe. The entire Ugh. internet calls you boo-boo now. Ugh. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you all for interacting, for sending questions, for listening. Um, thanks, everyone who isn't a Piers Morgan for not being <laughs> Piers Morgan. <laughs> that's that's a good thing to be not Piers Morgan. It's a really good thing. It's a good start. It's uh, a good start. It's uh, not. It doesn't exempt you from being a terrible person, but it's a good way to, to begin that process. I'm watching you, Sharon Osbourne. And uh, <laughs> that is it. This has been the best camp of my life. See you next week. <laughs>